This is the AV Podcast Games Edition. Hello and welcome to the AV Podcast Game Edition. I'm Steve Hill. Uh, joining me this month is Leon Matthews. Hi, Leon. Hi, are you right? And Mark Botright. How are you, Mark? Fine, thanks. Did you all catch the E3 announcements? Did indeed. Yep. Excellent, because we'll be discussing them all at length uh, in this month's podcast and also uh, what games we've been playing and any other gaming news that's of any consequence. Uh, Leon, you've got a summary of what the Microsoft uh, announcements at E3 contained. Anything exciting you want to bring up? Um, Exciting, possibly. Depends on your opinion, I guess. But for me, Halo 4, they kicked it off with that and it just looked really really good um i don't know what i was expecting to be honest uh obviously they've passed over the development to 343 after bungie left and this is their first proper mainline halo game and when they put the gameplay up there it was just really quite striking normally halo has quite a cartoony feel to it but this one had this sort of gritty kind of glowy look to it which was really good and, and they seem to be doing a lot with the uh, the actual series and the gameplay going into some of the forerunner technology and stuff like that so i was really excited to see that yeah, some of the set pieces look very cool, um, and it was important, I think, that they started that uh, press conference really strong and g- grabbed everyone's attention, and Halo 4 really did its job, didn't it? Mm, definitely. I mean, normally it's Call of Duty that does that. They, they opened, they've opened a couple of times with that, um, but this was definitely, I, I certainly wasn't expecting it, um, but yeah, really interested in that, and everybody seems to be kind of picking back up on Halo again. I know you said last podcast that Halo is dead or something like that, or what was that me? Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely picking up the hype again. It's still got its core fan base, and I think uh, no one really wants to see a big franchise like that fizzle out and die. And I think, you know, with with it handing over to 343, it was really important that they kind of captured everyone's uh, imaginations and uh, got people excited. So mission accomplished on that front? Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm certainly more interested than I was. Um, Obviously, when it changes developer, you always think that it's going to, like, lose some sort of the essence that bungee put into it but these guys definitely seem to be going in the right direction so definitely definitely one to watch even though i'm not the biggest fps fan i just to chip in it did look it did look slick and i it's one of those games that i was happy to ride off beforehand but then when you see it in motion and it's tied in the the kind of cinematic moments really well just from a, a small trailer being able to see the, the how the gameplay footage fits in nicely it just lo- all looks so seamless but I'm sure Leon, though, was excited enough about Gears of War Judgment. Mm, yeah, that does look good, actually. Um, I, I guess it, it feels like it's just another Gears game. But they've got people can fly in there who did Bulletstorm. Um, Pity it's not Bulletstorm 2. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited about the Gears game as well. Yeah, that definitely looked good. When you watch the Halo 4 footage and then you watch Gears of War right after it, if you, you're just kind of pinging back between the two trailers, you suddenly realise just... Uh, the difference in tone between the shooters that the Microsoft have managed to to keep these exclusives. They're they're kind of um, almost getting two markets in there. Halo Four. I've got to say, I still hate the voice acting in Halo. It's still hammy as hell and kind of you know ultra over the top about very much. You've got to be the hero. Whereas when when you hear the music on the Gears of War, and it was really only a teaser trailer. And they didn't actually show much, but it's cinematic, but it's so knowing. It's you know, it knows what its core audience is and it knows that as soon as you play kind of a little bit of hard rock and everything looks massively kind of almost like a sly wink towards the audience. Well, I think that that says a lot for the conference in general. It's it's all become about showing these very slick cinematic trailers that are more Hollywood than they are um what you would consider traditional gaming. Um, and that's fine, you know, that's that's what gets the crowd whooping and cheering. But you know, ultimately, there's got to be a game behind it. And, uh, you know, Halo had the gameplay and it had, it had that instant kind of um, familiarity, but also the freshness about it. I, I like the way both of them look and, and they do know what their audiences are. But at the same time, part of me thinks that they are just doing exactly the same thing that they've done before um a lot of the people in the threads that are talking about e3 seem to think that although these new games look good and there is almost just the graphical fidelity has just taken another tiny notch up that there isn't actually that much new going on here 
Um, and that, that's why everyone seems to be, the, the general tone is that they're, they're quite disappointed with these press conferences. Not that the games don't look good, it's that they're just not amazing. How could you be disappointed with Microsoft's press conference when you had Dance Central 3 being presented by Usher? <laughs> you, had to, you had to go right there, didn't you, for the juggler. <laughs> you just couldn't let it go. People hated that. <laughs> I, I was just kind of like, wow, this is particularly bad but i didn't think it was that bad i'll tell you who did think it was bad sam burst in the uh, xbox thread said this is the most cringeworthy thing i've seen since in e3 since ridge racer <laughs> i mean look, <laughs> we, you know we we have to accept that uh games has grown beyond what was a kind of enthusiast kind of uh a little bit geeky a little bit uncool thing to do uh, and now it's become this huge big thing which is talked about on the same level as films and they've got to appeal to, to the biggest audience possible and you know that that dance central and all the other kind of what we would consider casual games have, have got a place in the marketplace and they're not going away um, and does it say more for Usher and where he is in his career or, or does it say more for gaming I don't know it's, 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 it's part and parcel of these conferences I guess now well just Dance 4 had Flow Rider as well. It would be great if it came with uh, a pristine white towel in every box. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, 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 what other highlights? Um, let's talk about EA at the uh, Microsoft conference. Um, I was actually pretty impressed with the Kinect stuff. Leon, do you want to uh, r- remind us of, of what was featured? Um, yeah, EA were all about the enhanced stuff, weren't they? So it was all uh, in NFL, you could pick your plays on the fly and stuff like that. Um, but it was all about smart glass. Smart glass was this new technology that they're bringing in um, on, on top of Connect. They had, basically, it was what you said last last month, Steve, where the tablet, the way they could destroy the Wii U, which was basically create like an Android app or something like that, and then have that also interact with the game that you're playing. So for some games like sports games and stuff like that, it would all be about the strategy um, for other games it would be about halo 4 you could pick up waypoints in the map and stuff like that and have extra story content and they're also tying it in with like tv and stuff like that so although connect connect was featured um smart glass really seemed to be this new technology that we're trying to drive home but just dialing it back to the um the voice control features in um madden and of course fifa 13 as well was that not the coolest thing ever or am i am i alone on this one are we talking about the stuff where it would pick up if you swore at the ref and stuff like that? Picking up if you swore at the ref, um, just calling out uh, formation changes and substitutions, things like that will, will, can really slow uh, the pace of a game when you're playing online or with friends and and suddenly it all becomes just part of the action. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was a real innovation for a series which is essentially churning out the same thing year on, year out. Yeah, it does look it does look quite cool. It's one of those things that you immediately think, well, that's just going to be a gimmick. That's, you know, what's that going to bring to it? But if if they can get it working well, then it, it certainly adds another layer to, to gaming. And it's certainly something that they can use on Connect. I mean, they've certainly they've pushed motion control and that's kind of found its way kind of nestling in the party game niche but voice control is is there i mean they they, they brought it into skyrim so yeah we I spoke about see- that last month though we were all sort of in total agreement that that was a great idea and a great use of the tech yeah and and certainly with things like sports games and the like it's i think that's a good genre where they can try it out where it doesn't necessarily have to be there all the time, you're not reliant upon it, but it can add an extra layer to it. Well, so that's uh, they had that um, Nike Connect training was was quite good as well. Um, when I say quite good, it was quite interesting. Um, it turned into some sort of like corporate pitch there for a second about this Nike community, which I didn't even know existed. <laughs> I, I don't I, think it does. <laughs> I, I had to laugh at the uh, the Nike spokesman. Um, his slogan, his mantra, saying that if you have a body, you're an athlete. Oh yeah, <laughs> lovely. Are you are you a gym goer, Leon? Uh, no, not in the slightest. Mark, uh, no thanks. I do my exercise outdoors. I go in fits and starts. Sometimes I kind of go through phases where I'll, I'll go for like six months and then totally lose the habit. And I just wonder, would would something that I could do in my home be a little bit more convenient and something that would stick more? 
Maybe, maybe not. I suppose it's the sort of thing that they'll probably still sell tons of them at Christmas time, and tons of them will go used, unused rather for twelve months, twelve months of the year. I think things like Zumba Fitness and that kind of thing hitting huge sales figures has certainly shown people that there's a market out there. Even if they're just buying it at Christmas and telling themselves they're going on a health kick, people will buy them. But doesn't the Nike name just being attached? imply some sort of uh science or higher tech to be involved they certainly yeah. thought so <laughs> by the way that they were presenting it and then they had like athletes athletes in there doing crazy tests with like weird suits on and stuff like that in the presentation but i, I don't know the, the only thing that really got me about it was maybe the competitive element of it sort of that connectivity with your friends and trying to beat them at things but yeah it's not for me if, if you've got a competitive element bring with that the shame of it all though <laughs> that's a very good point <laughs> your bottom of all your friends you're gonna no no i got rid of it i gave it to my sister she's the one t- you know signing in with my gamer tag right now <laughs> it's my mum yeah no I think um, I, I think it'll do well I think it'll sell well and, and as I say with the Nike name attached it does imply that it's it should be a sort of a slightly more scientifically um, developed uh, piece of software or or um, whatever you want to call it I, I don't know is, is it a game can you call it a game I think it's a programme isn't it really rather than a game sure sure sim is it a lifestyle application well we 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 touched on um we touched on smart glass uh a couple of minutes ago um and there's been quite a bit of a backlash on the forum um and in particular sega mega dave who's a regular poster in the pc section but also popped up in the um xbox section to to make this point that he thought that both sony and uh microsoft were using the xbox as a kind of beta testing platform for their next-gen uh, iteration, whatever that might be, but as this linked hub for the living room of entertainment, games, and, and connectivity and social media. Well, I don't think it's a Trojan horse or anything. I mean, when they first came into the game, wasn't it uh, Bill Gates who stood up there and said, we want to be in every living room in America? And it was basically, that was what the Xbox was meant to be. It, it was just meant to be a Trojan horse to get them into the living room and serving you all of these different services. So I think it's just, is it a beta box? Mm, no. But I, I think they're just kind of, maybe they are preparing us a little bit for the next the next generation. But Zoom. they're just trying to stretch it out. Well, i tell you what, so, okay, let, 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 me ask, let me ask you guys this. Mm. How, do, how do you get your TV into the house? Do, it, do either of you have Sky? Uh, nope. I have Virgin. Virgin, okay. I gave up Sky about 18 months, two years ago, in favour of just internet services. So I kind of cut the cord, as they like to uh, describe it as. And I haven't looked back. I've absolutely loved it. And with devices like an Xbox or a PlayStation, all these services like um, Hulu, not necessarily here in the UK, but let's say, you know, the average... Uh, consumer, whether that be in the US or the UK, you have things like Hulu, Hulu, Netflix, uh, iPlayer, 4OD, uh, all of these services now. And Xbox have kind of made themselves the default box to do this because it's already there and they've been updating the firmware. And don't you think Sega Mega Dave has really hit on hit on something here that they are just kind of refining what they're going to put in the ne- the next big console? And they'll and they'll absolutely clean up. Yeah, I mean, we all kind of snorted it to start with, but you know, if I want to go onto something like iPlayer or something, I go through my PlayStation Three. If I, you know, catch up services, I just tend to turn that on now rather than bothering turning on a PC or anything. So I think it, you know, there's definitely the argument there that people start off saying, "Oh, I bought a gaming device, I want it to play games," but those little added services sooner or later you notice they're there for a reason. And they, you know, they do come in handy. Yeah, so I'm quite, I'm quite, I, I understand that, you know, it hasn't been a great conference for games. There are great, more great titles, which we'll come to in a second. I understand it hasn't necessarily been a great conference for game announcements and, and certainly not hardware. But I don't think anyone can be surprised or really kind of have a downer on all the media facilities that are now being put into consoles and and the future looks really rosy i mean if you're an american sports fan in the u.s i mean how impressive was that it was basically just like you were saying they've got that um 
they are in the living room and they are basically just the default player for that now. So anybody who's going to watch like college football will just turn it on and they've got all of the games there pretty much instantly at, at their disposal and stuff like that. So it, it really is turning into more of like, like you say, that online hub and that internet access. Instead of going to YouTube on a PC, you will just turn on the Xbox because it's, it's just there on the big TV. Absolutely. And the voice control where he was switching between... Um games and zooming up uh, yeah, the screen and, and zooming it back and you know that's that's a back to the future stuff right there i thought that was great it, it is good it begs the question who really is going to use it like that um i mean i, I don't have connect but i can't but, imagine but, myself just using it for the sake of it well i'll purely play devil's advocate here and what i'll say is that you and i are uh, a mark of mark as well of course we're, we're a generation where we've grown up and we've seen this technology develop and I think the first remote control we had in our house was on the VCR and it was tethered with a wire to the, mm. to the VCR. So when my son grows up, you know, if voice control has been something that's been in our living room since he, as far back as he can remember, he's just going to accept that as how we operate the TV. Very true. Um, it, maybe it'll just take some getting used to. Um, but yeah, I, I do quite like that that sense of connect with with the voice control and... I, the only thing is, it's great for Americans, but for us, I mean, what do we get? We we don't really get any any kind of equivalent or anything. That's the only thing that sucks a bit. Sure, and uh, you know, maybe things will uh, develop in time. But I think it, I, I suppose it's just the idea that that is where the technology is headed, and I, I think it's it's pretty exciting. Mm, definitely. Uh, let's move on. Let's talk about some more games. What else did Microsoft throw out there that was uh, looking pretty hot? Some Tomb Raider, uh, that came back again. Some more rebooted Lara Croft. Uh, an, a newer, maturer Tomb Raider. Um, yeah, the, I mean, I think she's meant to be younger, but the, the gameplay is more mature, yeah. Um, it, was, it was interesting. I, I did like the way it looked. It seems to be, uh, we've said it before, I don't know who's stealing off who or whatnot, who's inspiring who, but it's kind of Uncharted-y, Tomb Raider-y, that kind of in the caves hunting running around but it's a lot more action focused this time i was gonna that was my exact point mark is this even relevant now that we've got uncharted i suppose if you're an xbox owner then you wouldn't have been able to play uncharted but is it kind of now ironically chasing uncharted's uh, gameplay when really it was the one that started it all back in the day i think there are probably enough differences there i think um Tomb Raider's always had a bit more of a flow to it. You know, Lara Croft was always running and swinging a bit more, you know, leaping over chasms, whereas Nathan Drake spends a bit more time kind of shuffling along edges and in cover. Um, but, yeah, I think if if someone's picking up one action-adventure title, certainly if they've got a PS3, I think they're going now to Uncharted. I think the fact that we have to keep on using the term reboot and reimagining and revitalization when it comes to Tomb Raider kind of tells you exactly where it where it's at in its in its life cycle. Any other games or features that were mentioned before we wrap up Microsoft? Um, I don't know if it's a feature everyone cares about, but Internet Explorer was announced as finally coming to the console. Um, it was kind of wrapped up in that smart glass thing again. It, it, it's kind of weird. It doesn't look like it's actually Internet Explorer. It's kind of this cut-down, web-enhanced 2.0, only the pictures show and not the text you can't read kind of version of Internet Explorer. And you can also control it with the smart glass that you have on whatever device that you already own. Who who, who wants the, the internet on their living room TV? Nobody. I mean, I would... I, if... I have a an HTPC and it is rigged up to my my TV. I tend not to use it to watch uh, video. Ironically, I kind of use it as a server. But I do like watching YouTube on it, and I've never found um, any of the other kind of YouTube clients or anything else that's quite as good as just that normal desktop way of viewing YouTube. You know, YouTube I can understand because they actually change the videos that are allowed to be viewed in browser and ones on like mobile devices. Yeah. Um, so, so that is very true. That's why the browser is still powerful for that. Um, but at the same time, I have YouTube. I think under my box, I've got the Virgin box, which does YouTube. I have a WDTV box, which does YouTube. And I've got the Xbox, which does YouTube. I, I really don't require a browser to go through to YouTube. So aside, aside from, you know, the obvious, what, what possible use could we need i mean we've got twitter we've got facebook integration through other means so uh, does microsoft really think that we're going to start googling from our couches 
I think the problem's already been solved. I think everybody wanted a browser back when the 360 came out, like six years ago, when no one had a tablet. And then in between wanting it, tablets have come out and people have just got them on their laps in front of the TV now. And we, we don't really need Internet Explorer again. Yeah, you ask any PS3 owner what they use their browser for, if ever, and all they'll say is porn. <laughs> if they say that. If they answer at all. Indeed. And apart from um, that, there wasn't really much else. I mean, Resident Evil 6, Call of Duty Black Ops, Fable the Journey, Forza Horizon, it never ends. Token Call of Duty had to be dropped in there, didn't it? Yeah, and although they they keep saying, oh, we're changing it, we're changing it, it's completely different, we've added all this and all that. Every time they show a trailer, it looks exactly the same as all the other Call of Duties. Oh no, a car has crashed and I'm crawling out of it and someone's throwing me a gun and saying, let's do this. Like, really? Come on, guys. I think the impact of it lessens and lessens each time. And I think it would be very telling uh, the year that Call of Duty finally drops off either the front or the end of someone's demo, someone's press conference. Mm, it was at the end this time, but it was still pretty big. Yeah. I mean, it looks okay, but nothing to write home about. Sure. Mark, anything happening over at Nintendo? Yes, indeed. Um, there will be a few other people hopefully joining me in the queue for the Wii U. <laughs> Um, I know you guys probably won't be. Uh, I'm sorry, I can't. <laughs> it's just, no, I won't. I'll be there dressed as Zelda. <laughs> Again, talking about the interconnectivity with Microsoft, they they moved on to Hulu and Netflix quite quickly. Um, and it, you know, it was always likely they were going to try and push that kind of thing. But I, I suppose they might have a unique selling point with the fact that the Wii U... You've got the tablet controller, so whether that will link in in an interesting fashion, the fact that you can kind of move your game onto the TV and perhaps you'll be able to bring things down onto the tablet. Um, a lot of quite predictable stuff, um, Pikmin 3. Well, and... let's, let's talk about that feature. So just explain that to me. So you, you, you can send the picture from the tablet to the TV and vice versa? When you're playing a game, you, if, if someone comes in and changes the channel then you can just bring it back down onto onto the, the tablet controller, onto the gamepad. Um, they did, though, I've, I've got to say, release more news about the, the controllers, just to go onto that. And it, it, it sounds a little bit underwhelming. The, the tablets looked... I, I'm still wowed by them, I'll, I'll be honest. I know I'm, I'm probably alone in that. But the battery life is three to five hours, which isn't going to be great. And, and you've got to assume that that three hours is going to be if you're actually playing it on the big screen and, and then, you know, maybe five hours when you're playing it in your lap. But that's that's not a great amount of time. And, and the Wii U can only support two game pads, particularly when it was kind of sold as you can be playing, someone else can come into the room, then it virtually turns your controller into a portable. Well, it's, it's going to be a portable with, you know, a damn long USB cable attached to it. Yeah. Um, you've got... There was lots of news, lots of places claiming that the Wii U specs were revealed. They haven't been revealed. All they've said is an IBM power-based multi-core CPU and an AMD Radeon-based GPU, which which we pretty much knew, you know, that was going to be a, a fair assumption anyway. Um, they have revised the gamepad a bit, um, just moved it, moved a few face buttons around and the D-pad for ergonomics. Um, you've now got this thing called a... Uh, what's it called, near field scanner or whatever the hell it's called. It'll scan things for, for AR, you know, cards and the like that can be integrated into the game. Um, there were a few decent titles that came out um, in the... They showed off that Mass Effect 3 would be a launch title. So, you know... On, it, on the Wii U? Yeah, so it's not going to oh, be as un- underpowered as people thought. Darksiders 2 as well, you know, they had this showreel. With, um, um, who, hasn't, with, who hasn't played those games yet, though? Mass we, Effect. If, if you want to play Mass Effect, you've we, played we that, owners, right? We owners, I guess. Exactly. Well. That's it. People will just look to upgrade. Rayman Legends, though, from uh, Ubisoft, did go down a bit of a storm. There was lots of whooping from the crowd. Well, those guys know how to make a platformer, and I suppose it's almost kind of the spiritual successor to to the god that is Mario and it kind of you know it's 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 nice to see something special like that come into the Wii U because that's the kind of that's the platform you want to play a platformer on you know oh definitely and uh it showed a bit of the tilt sensor and, and the touch screen was well integrated as well it, it looked 
it looked like a, a really, really slick and fun and enjoyable platformer. Um, Lego City Undercover, though, is the one that I've got to say kind of drew my eye. It looks like a, a like a GTA clone in the in the Lego universe, and typically it should be Lego fun. But the final thing, though, um, on the the gamepad controller, that's that was the big selling point. And coming back to the what I was saying about it, it's slowly looking more like a, a morphed Wii is that you've got this classic controller going now by the name of a pro controller, which looks like, you know, your standard dual thumbsticks. And that's been picked up by people on the forums. You know, Rovex said, lo and behold, a proper controller. Uh, it's been a long time in the waiting, but relieved to see it take some cues from both the PS3 and 360 pads. Now, a lot of people seem to echo those sentiments, but in the back of a lot of people's minds also is the idea that it's watering down what its unique selling point was. But uh, SAF Calibur on the forum said, seeing the Pro Controller kind of worries me a bit. Either games on the Wii U are meant to be played with a gamepad so you get the unique experience of the touchscreen, or they're not. And and there's, there is this kind of vague worry that what they're doing is there'll be a very small um, release schedule of stuff that's actually tailored to the Wii U. And beyond that, it's going to be pushing essentially Wii titles just on new new hardware well there's always a danger of that with nintendo though no well they do know how to you know for some it, it's elongating the lifespan of a console for others it's uh flogging a dead horse but so long as it proves profitable i suppose they'll they'll be doing well from it if they can link in the gamepad as they claim with things like um the balance board and the various other kind of more social aspects of it all then, then they'll be doing well, and they'll be onto a winner, whatever happens. I think you know that. Mm, but with N Nintendo, did they uh, miss a trick? Did they ever launch hardware without Mario? And people seem to be missing it. Like Danny says, I can't understand not having a new fully-fledged 3D Mario or Zelda for launch. But yeah, the Luigi's Mansion looked quite cool as well. I did play Luigi's Mansion a long time ago, and Luigi's Mansion 2 looks quite cool. When, when, when is it even out? Who cares? No one, it's only going to be me there. Yeah, they're just posting it to Mark, that's it. In your Zelda outfit. Well, sorry, when you say you're going to be in your Zelda outfit, is that the Princess Zelda? <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> How did you know? Well, you, didn't, you, you definitely didn't say Link. But uh, let's move on. The Sony press conference was actually far more exciting with actually some original games to, uh, to talk about. Um, let's jump straight into Beyond. Mark, uh, we spoke about it last month. We kind of speculated that there might be... Uh, a successor to Heavy Rain, and we got it in Beyond Two Souls. Is that part of the title? I couldn't really understand what the that yeah, sub it that was a subtitle there. Yeah, yeah, I, th I think it is. Um, I think that's that's kind of tipping the hand as to what the game's about. We again, it's it's classic Quantic Dream. It, it ticks all the boxes. It, it's mature. It's got this great facial animation. It's oh, looks it very exceptional. Yeah, it looks phenomenal and it is pretty much continuing this upward curve of all their games and just how great they're going to look. But, um, you know, not wishing to, to play down the achievements and the technical achievements, it's, it's nothing really there that was unexpected. It looks great. It looks phenomenal. It looks very cinematic. Um, it sounds very mature, um, very earnest. But we didn't actually see anything. You know, it's there's no real proper gameplay footage in there it's just uh, this very filmic looking trailer that tells us a bit about the story you know I, I i was really kind of hoping that we would see something slightly different leon did, you, did you see the trailer leon um yeah i did i also saw an interview with is it david cage um afterwards saying that it was kind of more action based or a little bit more action and he definitely said there was going to be more direct control which kind of got we kind my of yeah, we kind of I, got a glimpse of it in the uh in, in what they showed so it was kind of a step away from the um the well i'm sure there will be quick time events but it, it seemed to have a higher degree of control at least yeah, definitely. That's what I'm more interested. I mean, I've had a bit of a revelation on quick time events recently. I don't think they're as bad. Or, but I'm still under the premise that I don't think you can base an entire game around them. Now everybody looks at me who's played Heavy Rain and they hate me for that. But the, the selling me on the more direct control is definitely the way to go. Um, or I think so anyway. Um, and it's definitely got me more interested. Yeah, I think as with all their games, it's going to be narrative at the forefront. And so they don't want to tip their hand too much. But it's seems fairly 
well, fairly obvious the route that they're going down. But as with Leon, I, I just echo those sentiments. Um, I think we want to see a bit more direct control. We know they can make these phenomenal, you know, uh, quick time events linking into great cinematic cutscenes and the like, you know, big explosions and, and, you know, just tapping one way on the pad or another to, to make something happen that's that's big and immense. But I think we want to see now them being able to marry that to, to try and push that into more of a, a traditional game because that's you know that's for all the talk of how great their games look that's that's really a hard thing to do to make it to get those big cutscene moments and actually marry it up with just how you're playing the game and have them work into each other seamlessly as we were talking about with the halo 4 gameplay footage yeah you know the, the moments where it cut from when you were in direct control to when you weren't i couldn't see those in, in that footage Whereas that's what I really want to see from from the next, hopefully the next trailer of Beyond. Uh, there was a little bit for Vita owners, uh, PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale. Is that another one you'll be getting into costume and jumping in the queue for? <laughs> I don't do it for every game. Um, no, it, it looks a bit like, uh, yeah, well, it is what it is. It, it's a Smash Brothers, Super Smash Brothers. Yeah, I think we all do. Do they do. have no shame? Seriously, I, I don't think they do. <laughs> it's just a blatant. There's like nothing unblatant about it. It's just there's, ridiculous. There's little in original in video games these days. I suppose you could argue it's just a genre, isn't it? As opposed to uh, a direct ripoff. But yeah, you're right. It pretty much rigged to that. I thought if they were going to do something like that, they'd at least make it. Should we say um, change the camera angle a bit, make it a bit more kind of bloodthirsty, or, or just try and water down the sexy, element, sexy it up a bit, almost. You know, why, yeah. why not do that? They've got all that power there. They don't need to copy Super Smash Brothers like for like. Yeah, but again, it, it, I suppose it's those are the kind of games where, in fact, it's the characters that sell them. And the funny thing is, when you look at something like Super Smash Brothers, it they've you know Nintendo have got this huge back catalogue of characters and the like who they they frankly can't fit them all in. When you look at the trailer for for, for Battle Royale, well, hang on, it, let's go let's go through them. Kratos, okay, he's kind of a big character. Sly Cooper, Sly Cooper. There's a lot of people who who will at that point go who, you know. I mean, it, right, the games okay, are great. Right. But, Fat Princess. <laughs> and Sweet Tooth. Now I don't even know who Sweet Tooth is. He's from um the Car Carnage game, the one that was recently uh done. It's David Jaffe does it. But then right. they go down to um the Hellgast from Killzone. And then the final one is uh is the Big Daddy from from Bioshock. That's a stretch, isn't so, it? So they're taking a multi-format character now. <laughs> yeah, a little if, bit if of they, a stretch. If they had the little dude from Little Big Planet, then they'd be onto a winner. But I don't think he made it in. No. Well, maybe he'll be in there. Maybe he'll be an unlockable character. You never know. Ooh, they like to tie that kind of thing in with the release of another Little Big Planet, probably. Also, Vita owners were delighted to hear that on their next-gen handheld technology, they'll soon be able to play PS1 games. Woohoo! <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> uh, I mean, obviously, there's some great, great games in that back catalogue, but really, is that such a big deal? You could play them on on your PSP anyway. You could play them on your PSP Go. I mean, one of the things that's kind of pushed the Vita for people to be able to buy things like PSP games is the fact that you can use a second thumbstick now on, on some of the games, you know, things like Killzone. So, you know, it makes sense that you would buy those games again, but ps1 games it's it's a stretch but again if you've bought a vita if you've got you know a 16 gigabyte card and you've played uncharted and mortal Kombat, and you know you might pick up gravity rush and you're looking around for things it's going to be a pretty slow summer so you know they'll pick up business from that so obviously we had uh, black ops declassified confirmed on the platform which is uh, a kind of a no-brainer really what did catch my eye was the uh, clip we saw from Assassin Creed, Assassin's Creed 3. How amazing was that? Oh, the naval battle. See, I, I, I thought it, actually the opposite on that. I looked at it and just thought, it looks like playing pirates. It, it is, looks, that, is that not cool? Do you not want to be a pirate? It's certainly, it, it's adding a different different aspect to it. But I'll, I'll be honest, a little bit like with the, the kind of tower defense of the last game, I always worry when Ubisoft shows something different or something bolted on 
or that here's an extra feature that I, you know, naval warfare. I, I just, I'm not convinced. Yeah, honestly, I thought it was just like some kind of uh, intro sequence to the game. Maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe it was, um, maybe it was sort of more of a multiplayer uh, thing. I'll have to go back and have a look. But I thought it looked great. No, it wasn't multiplayer. I'm, I'm watching it now. Um, it is single player gameplay. It looks okay. Um, not spectacular. What I did see was the um, the normal gameplay, like the running around in the forest, um, killing animals, skinning them, that sort of stuff. Um, the bales of hay now move on carts, and you can jump into them. It, it did just look like an Assassin's Creed game with less verticality. I think the, the bit that was kind of underwhelming for me, uh, you know, you talked about that moving hay, where he jumps from a building, and it's you don't even have the time for the little eagle cry to fully ring out before you've actually hit the hay because you're yeah. only jumping from two-story buildings. And the running across the different um, trees, it it sounds like it, it should work, and it, it did look quite cool, and it did look quite fluid. But then you, you suddenly notice that all these trees have very handily placed branches, and it's all kind of they're all quite angular as well. And you realise that that's the kind of thing that you could get away with with architecture in you know Florence or somewhere, but you can't get away with trying to make two trees butt up against each other just so you can jump between them. I guess so, but yeah. I mean, isn't that the foundation for every um, uh, franchise now? You know, shoehorning the next the next thing into the uh, into the franchise so it works for the developers. Yeah, I suppose so. But I mean, Assassin's Creed. Let's face it; it's going to sell on the story. That's the point of it. I mean, uh, for all the talk of is it evolution, is it revolution, it will sell on the story. If it doesn't take you know, the Desmond story further, if it doesn't turn out to be the real ending that we want, you know, f- for all the, the sneering about the, the American patriotism of the trailers and the like, which are quite interminable, um, then, then people aren't going to buy it. You know, the, the core gameplay is going to remain the same whether you're scaling a 10-foot building or a 1,000-foot building. It, it's going to basically be, you know, watching your foes, tracking their movements, and then planning the assassination. The point is, is there going to be enough, shall we say, hustle and bustle to the cities? Is there going to be, is that barren landscape actually going to bring anything to it? Um, moving on what else do we have Far Cry 3 now please someone explain to me why when they're doing these demos do they get people that cannot play video games to save their lives so that you can shout at the screen (laughs) they were awful they were terrible I mean they looked like they and sounded like certainly sounded like they were having a good time but Oh my God! How naff was it? Uh, press conferences are all naff, aren't they? They're just they're just so cringeworthy. I, I don't know if Sony had many of those like Usher cringeworthy moments that Microsoft did, but is Far Cry a big title? Was it ever a big title? The first one was. Everyone loved the first Far Cry, um, but then Graphics again, I was, sold it. Yeah, definitely, and that was that was all stealth gameplay and stuff as well, wasn't it? Um, but yeah, I think I don't know. They've they've kind of switched it a little bit from that to another shooter, which is kind of generic action. Um, they seem to be going quite deep on the story-based stuff in Far Cry Three, um, but not so much with the whole. Is is it an open world still? Uh, that wasn't actually that clear. From I mean, I presume it wasn't because they seem to be carrying out some sort of mission because they were blowing up a bridge of some sort i would say no but you know i don't know for sure yeah i don't don't think it's it's popular for the reason the first far cry was popular but then i don't know it does look nice still though but then a lot of the games at e3 look nice we, we can't leave sony without uh last of us of Everyone course. Seems to be freaking oh, out Christ, about that. yes well you know there's there's two two sides of me to last of us kind of is it just skin for uncharted or is it actually something that should be judged in its own right and from what i saw actually it did look pretty cool but it, like if you told me it's just uh uncharted 4 gameplay i'd have just totally believed you no see uh, i that's exactly what i thought when i first saw it when I, as soon as you see you know before you've actually hit play you just see this still and you just think oh that's that's not that's not going to be anything new there you know third person perspective everything looks all slick and you know you think that you've seen it all before but once you actually got into the nitty-gritty of the action i thought it it looked very 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 much like um 
like they've evolved it like they've they're moving for a much harder grittier angle i mean the the cover gameplay looked dynamic it looked flowing definitely agree it certainly was far more gritty and um certainly more violent than a, an uncharted game has been it was brutal i mean i i was kind of quite genuinely shocked i thought that naughty dog were the ones who would go for you know the palatable third person adventure that would you know prove to be a system seller you know the the traditional rules are you can have a a tiny bit of blood but only from a distance you know lots of ammo and you know don't try and make it too realistic with sound effects this it's kind of smashing a guy's face open on a chest of drawers with a with a child in tow yeah exactly (laughs) it it really is i mean that's that's the kind of thing where when you first see it, you think, oh, post-apocalyptic world, it will just be, you know, similar to Uncharted. But then then once you get into the nitty-gritty of the action, you actually see that it seems far more like a, a proper kind of survival type title, you know, not survival horror, but post-apocalyptic survival than than anything else. And, and I'm really hoping that they push for that, you know, limited ammo, um, you know, very kind of tense encounters and push the stealth angle. Any... Um... Any feedback from the forums on the Sony press conference? Surely people were far more excited about this one than the Microsoft and the Nintendo one. People did like it. Some some people didn't really think that Vita got a good showing. I think they, they announced afterwards there was loads of games that they didn't have time to put in the conference or something. Um, but Dr. Smith said, after the press conference, I think Vita is on borrowed time. He wants to play PS1 games when a smartphone can do that. If Resistance Burning Skies and Uncharted can't sell a system, nothing can. I think a lot of people, though, did kind of get the feeling that perhaps PlayStation 4 might be here sooner rather than later. I think there's been, wasn't there an interview where the guys said that um, that basically they've never been the first to sail and they're, you know, their consoles aren't usually the cheapest. So it, it sounds more like they're, they're planning for another big console that will be out in some time with technology well ahead of its years and very expensive. So I'd say they're just kind of moving along at a steady pace. But a lot of people expected more from Vita. They expected a big push, lots of exclusives, something to to move it along. But in fact, I think they've just come out and said there'll be no price cut as well on that. So, you know, might be in for a bit of a sticky period, the Vita. Just moving on from all the big um, manufacturers, uh, Microsoft, Nintendo and Sony, was there any standalone games that got announced that uh, caught anyone's eye? Who saw Watch Dogs? Did you catch Watch Dogs? I was about to say Watch Dogs. That I've heard about it, not seen it though. Check um, it out. Get, get, get a try to have a quick look. But, but basically, you know, a lot of people seem to be very quick to say, oh, that's that's my game of the show. That's kind of um, stolen it for me. And you know what? It was a very, very slick trailer. And the gameplay was kind of... Uh, nothing really happened. I mean, it's just you're just walking... You see this, this character walking around a city and it... As it concludes, you kind of get a glimpse into the control scheme and um, what the gameplay might involve, and it looked very, very different. It looked very, very cool. See, I got, I got to admit, I was interested by it, but when you get to the cutscene and they start kind of pushing for that mature and gritty vibe by getting, you know, lots of swearing in there, you kind of start to think, uh, trying a bit too hard now. You know, is this going to be? just one of many other it's a, a gta clone with yeah. just a just a twist on it it's a difficult thing to get right i mean some of the 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 language in mass effect 3 is just cringeworthy you can almost you can almost see the voiceover artists wincing in the booth as they're <laughs> as they're reeling off these lines you know it's a difficult thing to get right and gritty and uh real seems to be the you know the the buzzword in uh in games at the moment and if nothing else, at least it had a kind of a new take on um, gameplay and a new approach, as it were. Yeah, it looks very much like someone's, should we say, had the game engine for a third-person title and then they've just finished playing Deus Ex or something and just decided there should be more hacking in games. But that, I mean, the hacking thing is kind of kind of criminally overlooked. There's a, a couple of games like, way, way back. There's a really old game called Uplink, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of that. You you ever heard of that, Mark? What system? It's it was a, a PC game and it's available on Steam. I think it's only a few quid. Not I, I 
you know, recommend you check it out. It, you'll only play it for one evening, probably, but you'll take a lot from the experience. And basically, it is it takes you through um, hacking, and it, you're kind of using what feels like an old computer. So you've just got this old like emulator on there, and it it teaches you how to do certain things and when you might be being traced and how you should uh, get around it. And it's basically a kind of hacking simulator, but with the the music and and the pacing of things, it's really atmospheric and it's it's really quite a cool little game. If if Watchdogs can kind of tune into um, that idea of 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 drawing you into an experience um, in the same way that Uplink did, but with next gen graphics and gameplay, then uh, th- they may be onto something. If they can get that right, if they can get the the kind of chemistry between it all just right, because there seemed to be a lot of kind of explosions towards the end and, and pushing for that, you know, lots of action. And I I kind of hope they keep that under wraps. I kind of hope they go for more of a staid third person sandbox game because we we've never really seen that everything we've seen has tended to move down the gta route of you know get in a car crash it basically do what you want and after a while you know these games like prototype and infamous you can kind of tire of that i'd like to see something that does kind of tether you to the ground to a certain extent just kind of pushes you down the road of hacking specifically rather than deciding well i could hack this like in deus ex i could hack this or i could just shoot him Leon, have you you managed to watch it yet? Yeah, I just just watched it. Um, look, looks pretty cool. Um, I like the whole it's a third person shooter, but it's an open world game thing. That looks quite cool. And what I don't like is that it does look a lot like Deus Ex. It, it's got that whole you know how we go through trends now. Everything has to be like Future Soldier or yeah. has holograms around it or glowing lights are everywhere. Yeah. That seems to be the new prevailing trend. And third, can no open world game not be in New York City? <laughs> like seriously New York's a cool city though I mean I mean, yeah okay I agree with you but come on can't we just make a new city or anywhere else I don't know Cool. Uh, any other games we haven't touched on um, well there was just a trailer for it but Zombie U on the Wii U obviously oh, yeah. oh, yes. always wow. with the Wii U <laughs> <laughs> you didn't I mean it, it was a nice juxtaposition I've got to say from the kind of um, overt patriotism of Assassin's Creed 3, um, you know, the Brit bashing onto uh, Zombie U. It, it had the national anthem playing just with um, lots of shots of kind of a zombie apocalypse. Um, no gameplay footage, but, um, you know, it's the kind of title that could hopefully use the gamepad to, to some interesting degree. But Listen, if there's anything that's going to get me excited about the Wii U, it's uh, a zombie game. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll keep an eye out for that one. Uh, well, no doubt there was uh, other bits and bobs that we haven't touched on, but uh, you can find links to all the games and trailers that we've discussed in the podcast threads, and uh, feel free to leave us a comment. <laughs> Leon, you've uh, you played and reviewed Walking Dead Part One this month. Um, tell us about it. Yeah, it was. Um, and you know, I said I was having a little bit of a revelation about quick time events. Um, I, I guess this is where it came from because this, I hear it's got a lot in common with Heavy Rain. Um, it is pretty much just walking around doing quick time events. It, it's based on The Walking Dead, obviously the hit comic and TV show. Um, I'm a big fan of both, so I pretty much just had to get it the first time I saw it. Um, it's been done by Telltale, which is really interesting because obviously they're known for their adventure games. Big, yeah, um, big, I, big departure for them, and uh, it is. Yeah, and it's like I say, it is a big departure, but at the same time, it is almost a perfect kind of marriage of the two type of gameplay styles. I mean, The Walking Dead isn't about action. I mean, the comic has some pretty graphic stuff in it, but the TV show, it is kind of like a soap opera where zombies happen to appear. Does it not place you at any point in in a, a third-person perspective or first-person perspective? Are you actually kind of shooting the zombies, or is it, or is it specifically just... Up, get up to a point and then choose an action or, or a quick time event gets triggered and then it just kind of rolls on from there. That proves to be the catalyst into another scene. I mean, how does it, how does it unfold in that extent? Um, it, it is third person, so you will be controlling a third person character and then you kind of wander over to different things in the environment. A little bit kind of L.A. Noirish, where you kind of go over and pick something up and take a look at it. Um, 
and then it might lead on to a clue for something else. Uh, for example, in the demo for, for the game, there's an answer phone which is constantly going off in the background. And obviously that's one thing that you can go and trigger the story on. But then there are lots of little bits and bobs around the apartment kind of giving you the little extras with the story like bloodstains and fights and things left scattered around and stuff like that. Um, but as far as like the combat, and that's with inverted commas, it's not really combat. I mean, it, it's more a zombie will jump out at you and all of a sudden you've got to press X in a certain position on the screen um, for him to punch it or drive a hammer into the skull or something like that. Um, so it, it's kind of just ad hoc, small, quick time events which then lead on to different gameplay moments. It's quite a brave though, it's quite a brave choice for them to take it on given the fact that what everyone naturally expects from zombie games and I'm sure what, what we all expected which was you know, something which puts you right in the role, allowing you to cause maximum damage to the undead. And basically more, we've got used to, you know, post-dead rising, more of a sandbox feel to everything involving zombies. For, for Telltale, who are, who are more of, you know, your traditional storytellers and, and closer to the old, you know, graphic adventure type game developers, you know, it, it's quite a departure for them. Yeah, definitely. But like I say, it, it's a brilliant fit. I mean, if it had just been another Left for Dead or something like that, then I, I just wouldn't have picked it up. It would have just been something that I knew exactly everything that was going to be in it. But as it stands, I mean, it tackles, and this is what the show is good at doing, it tackles like the big issues like um, children and if they should be shot when they turn into zombies and stuff like that. Or if you had a choice, who would you choose, the, the young girl or, or the guy who could be more helpful to you? Um, who would, would is there there's an, a guy who's not really popular in the group would you kill him just for the sake of the group and all of these sort of dark moments that the book kind of touches on or the comic rather yeah. um the comic is very very dark yeah, the, um, the tv show was it down a bit comic book's not even really about a zombie apocalypse it's about people and it's how people adapt to survive in extreme circumstances whether that be you know uh zombies chasing you or whether that be how you're gonna eat or how you're gonna have shelter you know it's it, it's a, a really great series and i highly recommend anyone um half interested check it out but the game really had to stay true to that and it's it's great to hear that they've done that yeah, it's, it's highly recommended. I mean, if, if you like The Walking Dead, you need to go out and buy this right now. Um, if you like stuff like Heavy Rain, I imagine this will be right up your street as well. It's a very mature, kind of very involving story. How's it, it's, um, it's all... how's it priced? Um, it's really good. 400 points per episode. So only 400 points to take a look in and see if you like it. I mean, play the demo. The demo is very good representation of the gameplay. Um, but there's going to be five episodes, or is it six? Five or six episodes in total. It's not long. It's only about, I mean, two hours once you know what you're doing. Um, and just roll through it. But it does have replay value. I've done it twice to sort of see the outcome of decisions and stuff like that. And, and it will, th those decisions will go through all the episodes and stuff. So it seems to be good. If they can pull off the episodic format, then I think mean, it's got some potential. And the review's up on the site now. It is indeed. Cool. We'll have a link in the podcast thread. <laughs> Moving on, I've been uh, playing a bit of DayZ, the Armour 2 mod, uh, sticking with the zombie theme. Have you fellas heard much about that? Um, I have heard some stuff about it. Um, I know Armour 2 is praise for me. It's originally like a first-person shooter, but it deals in a lot of realism, right? It's basically a soldier sim. So, yeah, it's it was kind of a labour of love, really. You had to really be into that level of simulation to want to play it. And uh, it kind of had a hardcore following and, you know, anyone else which fell anywhere in between just didn't bother with it. Uh, Definitely. And, and that realism carries over into the whole zombie apocalypse situation, I take it. Completely, yeah. So the, the whole premise is that you um, are spawned into this island, uh, which is, I think, 200 square kilometres. So it's absolutely massive. Uh, and on each server, you only get 50 slots or less for human players and you spawn on with uh, basic supplies in your backpack, a, a gun and a little bit of ammo and it's basically just about surviving as long as you possibly can and finding better guns and better gear to help you survive. Um, and the, the, the kind of cool element comes in is that other players can either be friendly towards you or they can be foes. Uh, they can kill you and take your stuff and 
likewise you can kill them and take their stuff so even when you come across other human players it's kind of like this are you cool are you not cool element which is which is great which i can't really think of any other game which has ever really pulled that off in this way is it persistent so let's say you you guys like you've got a group of friends who hold down like a fort you've got this area that you're fortifying does that stay there and when you come back it's in the same state you left or could somebody have like plundered it while you were off the server sort of thing well you i believe you can put a tent down and stash your gear in the tent but yes in theory anyone else uh stumbling across those tents can then go through your gear and and take your gear um but that said if you come out of the game you spawn back if you go in on another server you the game remembers all the gear that you had so you spawn in back with all that that stuff right. so I, yeah i'm not not totally 100% i, I haven't survived long enough to <laughs> to stash any gear yet anyway i'm oh, not, right is it that that harsh it's brutal the game is absolutely brutal if you um you know don't know exactly where you're going or what you're what you're heading for you kind of just avoiding zombies really and it's very easy to get overwhelmed very quickly because they're all drawn uh, to the sound of gunfire or if you're spotted by one of them then others can come running too so yeah it's a really unforgiving game you know almost to the point where um, if you spent several hours playing it only to die really for a really silly mistake and lose all your stuff you kind of feel like you don't want to play it anymore but there's something that keeps you going back what actually is the objective is it, do you it, create shelter and... It's it's literally just to survive, I guess. Right. At the moment, it kind of plays into the hands of uh, what the game calls bandits, which are players which have uh, killed other players, other human players, and taken their stuff. And the game reskins you as, as a bandit, so you can actually physically spot um, that kind of player from from a distance. Uh, and those, those are the kind of guys that will, you know, lurk around bases and airfields you know the areas which are kind of known for having good um good items lurking around uh and they'll kind of just pick people off from a distance if they've got sniper rifles or try and lure you into a trap and i'll post a few youtube clips of some of the most exciting gameplay just because it's tension like that where you you've got one group watching another group and then you know suddenly they'll see them getting into trouble and the other group is making a decision as to whether they run in and help or whether they just watch and then go in and steal the stuff if, if the other guys don't make it. It's, it's, a, it's a real kind of element of, of video games that I've never really seen before and one which I sincerely hope they continue to develop and if Bohemia, who, um, ironically, the, the guy who designed the mod, he actually works for Bohemia. So... Um, hopefully this is something that they take on and and develop more properly in-house as a real official thing because their sales must be going through the roof at the moment. It seems to have lit back up the Armour 2 sales, definitely. uh, The game was dead. There was no reason for anyone to be buying it again and suddenly they're they're selling all of these new copies of people that just want to try this mod. So it just proves build build mod tools into your games. Mark, you been playing anything uh, this month? Silly question, you're always playing. Uh, yeah, lots of little kind of handheld games, um, little combat on the Vita, and um, but I suppose the one that ties into what is the flavour of the month at the moment would be Mario Tennis Open on the 3DS. Um, I do like my little kind of um, casual sports titles, Um you know, going back to sensible soccer and the like, I, I think something there's a real um, underappreciated slice of genius in something that can literally just be picked up and played for ten minutes, or you can play straight for a few hours. Um, Mario Tennis has got that in in some places. Uh, it does well in terms of multiplayer. When you're playing against a human opponent, it, it brings a lot of the unpredictability to the fore. Um, but other than that. I've got to say it's it's a it's a solid but pretty uninspirational title generally. Uh, there's there's no great single player mode. There's no real um, there's no story there or kind of RPG mode for you to continually build a career or anything. It's literally just well you you can play exhibition matches you know or 
you can play against other people, which which seems just a little bit weak. What's the uh, what's the three D like? Um, the three D uh, that's it. That's interesting because they they use the the gyro on it. So when you pick the the 3ds up and hold it upright, hold it vertically, you go into what's called direct mode. So you can then move the 3ds about to aim, like when you're serving. Um, the problem with that, obviously, is the fact that the 3d on the 3ds requires you to be in a static position. So therefore, you know, it's obviously one of the the flaws of the system is that you've got a gyro in something that you want to be keeping in one location. So it just turns the three the 3D effect off for those moments. Just before we wrap up, fellas, have you got any reviews coming up that we uh, should mention? Ghost Recon Future Soldier. Look for it. It's coming soon. Uh, I'm going to be covering one that's been out for some time, but I've only just picked it up, and that's uh, Uncharted on the Vita. Brilliant. Also, Ben Ingber's reviewed uh, Max Payne 3, so that's on the site now, so take a look. Um, we'll be back next month uh, with more gaming uh, conversation and banter and reviews uh hopefully we'll see you then thanks leon cheers thanks mark cheers steve see you next month all content including sound clips and music is copyright material and featured for promotional use only the av forums podcast is copyright m2n limited